When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, now celebrating its 10th anniversary. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairytale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairytale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money-saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates 10 years of romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Alex Martinez about her ceremony at the Croquet Lawn at Boardwalk Inn and her reception at Atlantic Dance Hall with a dessert party at UK Lockside. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Alex. Hi, good evening. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. We have been pass holders for the last 10 years at Disney. Um, We both grew up coming to Disney. And my now husband, Kyle, he purchased DVC back in 2015, I believe. And his parents have been DVC members for a long time. So we've just been kind of the couple that's known as like the Disney couple amongst our groups of friends. So when we were searching for venues, we were torn between somewhere, anywhere really in South Florida and Orlando as that's where... Most of our friends and family live in South Florida, and Orlando was a halfway point between where we live in Jacksonville and where our family is in South Florida. So we looked at about 20 venues, and we threw Disney in the mix thinking, there's no way we can make this happen. It's just like, you know, you're shooting in the sky that it could happen. And when we sat down with the consultants, and this was pre-COVID, this was in December of 2019, we walked through all of the options. And at that point, we had already seen so many other venues. And when you're comparing the prices, we were like, you know, this is actually kind of manageable. Like we didn't think we'd be able to pull it off. We just went because we thought it'd be fun. Like we've always loved Disney. We love going and it's the time to try a wedding at Disney. Like we're never going to have this opportunity again. And then we found out we kind of could make it work. So we played with the numbers and looked at guest lists and and head counts and, and tried to crunch as many numbers as we could beforehand. And when we realized we financially could make it work, we were like, okay, this is it, like this is going to happen. And what ultimately made our decision a little bit easier was we wanted to give our guests a weekend at a sort of a destination wedding. I mean, almost of our guests lived in Florida, so it was not hard for them to get there. But what we liked about it was that there was so much to do in Disney for everybody throughout the whole weekend. And it wasn't just another ballroom wedding at a golf course, which was our second option. There was just some uniqueness about it. And on top of that, we are just so familiar with Disney. We love it. And it felt like home for us, which 
what more could you want on your wedding day? (laughs) (laughs) So then how did your friends and family react when they found out that's where your wedding was going to be? They were really excited. I think a few were actually surprised because there's just, I guess, this preconceived notion that it's such a financially unattainable place. So they were like, wait, really, you're doing it? And um, I was like, yeah, we are, we're making it work. But we told everybody almost individually that we could and we so we could see their reactions in person and they were so excited and a lot weren't surprised and they were like of course like you would be the the friends that are getting married in Disney and they were really excited for us but we are like the you know the one couple that probably would do it so everyone was really really excited to be a part of it. (laughs) Now how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? We invited 106 and 95 showed up so only about 11 didn't. Wow that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But then you guys are, you said you're mostly in South Florida. Yeah. So it was pretty easy for most people to travel. I think I was counting it the other day and I think only six people had to fly in for it. One was my bridesmaid. One was a really good friend and four were family that pretty much had to come in. So it was pretty, it was pretty easy to get everybody here. And we also ended up getting married at a time, I think, when COVID was starting to calm down a little bit. So people felt a little bit more comfortable coming than they may have earlier in the year. And most people had been to Disney at one point, too, and were really excited to get back because they hadn't been in a few years. So it was just kind of like a great excuse for everybody. And a lot of people wanted to take a vacation out of it, too. So uh, we did end up having a pretty good turnout. And the ones that didn't come were kind of expected not to come. So it was definitely a higher turnout than we anticipated in a good way, though. (laughs) Now, did you set up a room block for your guests or were most of them not needing to stay? We did set up a room block. We chose all-star movies, all-star music, and pop century. We were planning a room block when some of the hotels still hadn't been reopened from the pandemic. So we had to kind of play with what we had. But when we had surveyed our guests, a lot didn't want to spend a lot on a hotel. So we chose the cheaper options because they just said they wanted to spend as little as possible on the hotel. It wasn't like an area that they, you know, they're not trying to stay at the Grand Floridian. They're like, we just want a, a place to go. But a lot of our guests are DVC members. So a lot stayed at the boardwalk as well, just with the points that they had. And we had actually a lot stay at the Swan and Dolphin as well. We considered also having a room block at the Swan and Dolphin, but the restrictions on the room nights were a little too scary and close for comfort. So we just decided to let people book Swan and Dolphin on their own. And we just encourage our friends and family to use that since they have like AAA discounts and other travel benefits. We encourage them to do that a lot. Also our Marriott members and worked out for them too. And what was nice is that the Swan and Dolphin are actually walking distance to the ceremony and the reception location. So it actually just made a lot of sense for us to encourage our guests to stay there. Oh, that's great. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your event? So when we were doing our consultation in December of 2019, we kind of went in a little blind, not really knowing as much as I know now about how to plan a Disney wedding. We weren't as prepared. We, again, kind of thought it was like a dream to have it, like it wasn't going to be feasible. But we knew we weren't going to do the wedding pavilion. So that kind of ruled out that option for us. But we knew we really wanted to do something at one of the hotels we like, which are the Boardwalk, Polynesian, Yacht Club, Beach Club. Like Those are the hotels we hang out at the most as normal guests. So we wanted to just take what we love about Disney and bring it to everybody else. 
So when we were going through all of the ideas at all of those locations in those hotels, the boardwalk just jumped out to us because of the convenience of the location between the croquet lawn and the dance hall, how they're literally around the corner from each other. And it's such an easy walk for not only us, but for our guests. We had considered a couple other locations throughout the boardwalk and yacht club, like the Seabreeze Point, but that was a little too small for our guest count. We looked at the pool lawn over by the inside of the boardwalk, but that felt a little too narrow and cramped. And so we ended up with the croquet lawn because of the size and it's a little bit more private than some of the areas around the boardwalk. We chose Sunday specifically because the dance hall at the time was not operating on Sunday. So we got grandfathered into this, but what we wanted to do was have an evening reception that was important to us. And the dance hall at the time on Sundays wasn't operating. So that meant we could have an evening reception that didn't end earlier. So we picked Sunday strictly because of the time constraints with the venue since it doesn't operate on other days of the week. If we had done a Saturday, we would have had to end at like six or eight o'clock and we didn't want to do that. So we chose Sunday for that reason. What's funny though, is that we originally had planned for March, 2021, but with the pandemic, we decided to postpone to December and we picked December 5th, which is actually the date that we got engaged. So it worked out so perfectly that the date we ended up going with was not only like an important date because it's an anniversary, but it was still a Sunday. So everything got moved over perfectly. It's kind of like a sign that we had to do it. But we picked Sunday because at the time it was more in alignment with our schedule. But I know now that it operates on Sunday. So I think that's changed a little bit since we booked it. But that was the reason initially. Interesting. And did they have to make an exception for you or had they not switched to the new schedule where they open on Sundays? So I emailed them in a panic when I realized that they were (laughs) open on Sundays for normal day guests, but they said we were grandfathered in. So we were lucky with that one. I think what we ended up spending on the wedding or on the reception would have hit the minimum that's now in place. So we probably would have been fine no matter what, but we did confirm we were grandfathered in. That's great. Now, did you use any outside vendors for your event? So with the dance hall, you're a little limited on who you're allowed to use for external vendors, which was a little bit of a pain point with it, but I'm still so glad we ended up doing the dance hall. But we only used photo and video that were external along with hair and makeup, but everything else technically had to be done through Disney. So our options to have outside vendors was very limited. So who did you choose for your outside vendors and how did you find them? We did two photographers, but for the actual reception, we had the Lemons photos. They're local to Orlando and we found them in the knot. I was just very particular about the style and the look that I wanted. And when I found them, it was something like it just felt right and I got to use them. Um, We hadn't used them for anything else before. I had never met anybody that had used them or they were never referred to me. I actually reached out to people that were using them for photos to ask like how they were. Like I just, you know, blindly messaged them on Instagram saying like, you know, how was their experience with them? Like, tell me honestly, because we're looking to use them. And they were fantastic. They were wonderful. We had them for our engagement shoot. We did like a holiday shoot with them too, just for like ourselves for Christmas cards and things like that. We absolutely love them. Um, They're local to Orlando, but I believe that was their first Disney wedding actually. And then for video, we used a videographer that we found up here in Jacksonville. So we paid for them to come down to the wedding. We covered their hotel stay, but I found them through a circle of friends up here. And I just also really liked their style too. I haven't seen the video yet, but I'm very, very excited for it. 
And how did you choose to have the roots shoot your welcome and dessert party? When I was looking at firework photos that I had seen other brides post, even actually on your site and through other blogs like Pinterest, everyone kept tagging the roots. And so I looked them up and I reached out to him like kind of later in the game, probably in July to see if he was available to shoot. Cause I kind of realized later that I wanted to have a photographer at the dessert party and he was available. So we booked him and we also booked him for our welcome party. We had reached out to our wedding photographers too, because I didn't want them to feel like blindsided by it or that we were, we didn't trust them or something like that. And they just weren't available. They had other weddings already booked. So we were very fortunate that Nathan was available because he was amazing to work with too. He's done a lot of Disney weddings. He's actually going to shoot my friend's wedding in February. So he was wonderful to work with too. So it's really nice to be able to have two different people. I know sometimes more vendors can cause more chaos, but they were both so wonderful to work with and made my life a lot easier. So I couldn't recommend them both enough. That's wonderful. Now, how did you choose your officiant? So our officiant was Kyle's cousin. He is somebody that I've known as long as I've been dating and Kyle's known as him his entire life. It is his cousin, but he has this demeanor about him that is so welcoming and storytelling and genuine and warm. And there was really kind of no other decision or discussion on who else it could be than him. We knew we wanted to have a personal touch from somebody at home. So he went through the process of becoming an officiant in order to do that. But it was really nice to have someone that we knew and knew us as a couple to be our officiant. That's wonderful. Did you add any kind of entertainment to the ceremony or the reception? We didn't add anything to the ceremony. What was a delightful surprise to me, which I didn't realize at first, was that we had the option of either a guitarist or a violinist. So we did go with the guitar, which I loved it. I didn't really get to hear much of the music as I was hiding in the back corner, but I did try to peep my ear out through the door to see if I could hear. And it sounded really wonderful, so I'm glad we did that. But for the reception, we did do a couple things with entertainment. So like I mentioned before, the dance hall, because of the venue specifications or the rules, regulations, we had to do everything through them. So we did a photo booth. We did a live painter. We did a confetti cannon. And it technically falls under entertainment, but we had a Christmas tree as well that we asked to bring in, which sounds like it'd go under floral and decor, but technically it went under entertainment. So those were our four elements that we added. That's interesting. So did you have them decorate the Christmas tree or what? how did you tell them that you wanted that? I had actually asked them to have the tree blocked and undecorated because I was trying to go for this like winter, winter wonderland sort of theme with a Christmas vibe because everything in our theme was greens and golds and kind of hints of like that wood boho sort of vibe. But we ended up getting an unflocked, fully decorated tree with Christmas presents underneath. So I don't really know exactly how that one happened, but I was still glad there was a Christmas tree nonetheless. It ended up looking wonderful because it gave you that Christmas spirit because we did get married in early December. And that was something I had envisioned once we had moved to December. But yeah, it wasn't exactly what I expected it to be. We actually originally wanted it behind our sweetheart table, but the planner had mentioned you're just going to go way too far into the dance floor. So she suggested moving it into the corner and I'm glad we did. But yeah, it wasn't exactly how we thought it was going to turn out, but that's okay. It still looked pretty good. So happy we had it. Do you remember the size of tree and the price they charged? It was a seven foot tree per the BEO. I think it felt like seven feet. I'd have to look back at the photos and I believe it was 1600 
And I'd be interested to know more about the live painter because you had to go through Disney. So did you get to choose an artist or how did that work? Yeah, so I wanted to use an external one. Um, We were told no, just because, again, dance hall does operate under a kind of different set of rules than most other locations in Disney. So we had to play by their rules. But we didn't actually get a portfolio or anything. I believe I had asked for it and I never ended up getting it. And I just kind of said, you know what? I know Disney hires good talent. We go to the Festival of the Arts. There's got to be somebody good like we that we would like. I actually was very pleasantly surprised. It wasn't exactly what I expected, but I think I had no expectations going into it. Our canvas is like four feet by two feet. It's massive. It's three times the size I thought it was going to be because I did try to negotiate on the price with the size. I was like, can I get a smaller canvas for you know less price? And they just said it's a flat rate of this. And so I didn't know what size campus I was getting. And I did only think that Kyle and I would be pictured in the live painting, but they ended up getting a lot of our guests. So it was really cool the next day when we were looking at it to see like, oh, those are our flower girls and that's this person and that's this person. And they captured a lot of people that were at the wedding. And they also captured the confetti that we had coming down. Like they they put that in the painting and they put bubbles in the painting because We did do a staged exit with bubbles and we let our flower girls take the bubble wands into the reception. So those were going off all night long. So it was really (laughs) sweet that she was able to capture so many little elements of our day. And it was absolutely beautiful. Like, I'm so glad we did that. It was something that people could check on throughout the night and they thought it was really cool. We didn't tell anybody we were getting one. And I was very, very glad we did that. (laughs) That's great. Now, do you have any menu items or cake flavors that you would recommend? We did a small anniversary size cake because I'm a believer in that not everybody eats wedding cake. I usually miss it at weddings myself, so we knew we didn't want to have it divided. But we did end up doing a small cake that was churro cake, which is my favorite dessert at Disney, along with Bailey's mousse. We are big coffee drinkers. And when we want a little something extra, we usually put Bailey's or Kahlua in it. So it was a really great combination for us. We also really liked the orange with tropical mousse. And we liked the lemon with amaretto crunch. And we liked them so much that we ended up adding them as mini cupcakes to our dessert spread during the reception. Got it. Okay. Now, can you talk a little bit about the dessert party that you had at UK Lockside? Did you add a ride mix in? We didn't. I thought about it. We talked about it. Ultimately, ended up not doing it. But if I were to do it again, I would consider it. We did actually the dessert party only for our wedding party. And we did it the night before the wedding as a form of a rehearsal dinner. I realized, you know, you can get a steak dinner or pasta dinner, Italian dinner, whatever it is, anywhere else or where else other than Disney can you have a firework dessert party. So we ultimately decided to do that just for our wedding guests. And we picked the UK Lockside just because of our guest count. We were between that and France, but France had a minimum that was higher than we could hit. So we ended up doing the UK Lockside, which I'm so glad we did because I loved how close it was to the water, how intimate it felt. And then what was great is that since a lot of our guests were staying at the boardwalk, we were very easily able to walk over to Epcot from the walking path from the Boardwalk Hotel. So it was the perfect decision for us. And that was probably one of my favorite things about our wedding is that we were able to do that because I do think it's such a unique and amazing experience. And part of me, like one of my only like 
regrets and I really don't have regrets about the wedding but if I were to do it again I would have tried to open that to everybody as a form of like a reception and maybe had switched things up just a little bit to try to find a way to incorporate that uh, because I do wish I could have shared that with everybody because that's how much I loved it. I'd also love to know about your welcome party at the West Rotunda Courtyard at the Contemporary Convention Center because you don't see that used too often for wedding events. Right so that was the welcome party as a whole was a little bit of a, a struggle for us as a couple. We went through so many ideas. So when I was in the planning phase, probably back in early 2021, when I was looking at all my options, I decided, you know, what, maybe we should throw in a welcome party. And I was doing research and I came across Fantasmic and I was like, wow, this is a great it was at the time when we were looking a great price. We got the entertainment value and it was something, again, unique that not a lot of people would do at a wedding. So we looked into doing that. And then when August hit and our planner was like, I don't think it's coming back just because at this point we would have known because they would have been preparing for the show. We decided to make the call to move forward with another option and cancel Fantasmic, which at the time of recording this, this is not, Fantasmic is not back. So it was a good move on our end. (laughs) Um, And we threw around a lot of places we wanted to try and keep everything as close to the boardwalk as we could which is why phantasmic would have worked out so wonderfully because it's technically walking distance from the boardwalk but we threw out aerials we threw out the attic we threw out even seabreeze point to see maybe we can do something outside but when i started looking at other options somehow the west courtyard rotunda came in and I just, I said to Kyle, I go, well, what's nice about this one is we'll get the Magic Kingdom fireworks from this one. And we looked at some of the other Grand Floridian options. They were all booked at that point because we were now only like three or four months out from the wedding date. But uh, the Contemporary was open. So one night we drove down, since we're only two hours away, we drove down, we watched Happily Ever After. And I was like, to see if we could hear the fireworks and decide if we wanted to pipe in the music. And we saw them and I'm like, these are actually a lot bigger and closer than I realized, so I'm like, this is actually really nice. And you're outdoors. It might be nice outside with the weather being December, hopefully. And it was. And what was also really nice is you had the tree right there. So you had this beautiful, massive tree at the temporary. You have the fireworks in the backyard. And it's just a very open space. It's not hard to get to. And it was wonderful. It was it was really great. And what we also really liked about it, too, is that we could go back into the contemporary afterwards. And if we, we tried to monorail crawl around afterwards to keep the party going and to um, show our guests like other sides of Disney because a lot of them I don't think have ever really been to the resorts before but we found out the bars closed a little earlier than we expected but it was a great option in theory so we were so glad that we had that because it was relaxing and peaceful and you got to see the fireworks which again is kind of such a unique point about Disney is the fireworks in general you don't get them anywhere else so I was really glad we chose that one Um, it just kind of kind of came out of nowhere, kind of came out of left field, but I'm very glad we did it. That's wonderful. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? Yeah. So we had originally signed on for a five o'clock wedding. We did end up asking them if we could move it up to 430 just to start a little bit earlier with it being December, uh, the sunset at 530 and I didn't want to be walking out in closer to darkness. So I did ask them to move it up and they were able to accommodate that, which I know isn't the standard for a lot of other places. But since no one else really uses the croquet lawn, 
we were able to make that work. So with that said, we did originally start planning to get ready at nine, but I got a call like two days before the wedding that someone from our makeup team wasn't able to make it. So we ended up starting at around eight o'clock in the morning for hair and makeup. We finished around two o'clock to do our first look at 2.30. Like by the time we were called down to get our floral and make our way over, it was between two and 2.30. So we did do a first look and then we did all of our family photos between 2.45, 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock. And then we started at 4.30. We were actually ahead of schedule the entire time, which I feel like is a rarity. And I was really worried that we weren't going to be on time, but somehow it worked out. (laughs) And we finished our ceremony a little before 5, and then cocktail hour started at 5.15. So they kind of had everyone in a little bit of a holding spot for a few minutes. But we did our staged exit. And everyone got to mingle a little bit on the lawn before they walked over to the dance hall. And then we had the cocktail hour from 5.15 to 6.15. And then the reception was from 6.15 to 10.15. Got it. Okay. Now, when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? So I really wanted to focus my attention on some surprise entertainment, which was the live painter, as well as the confetti cannon that we had, which was added on about two weeks before the wedding by some miracle. We were able to make that happen. And I really wanted to focus my attention on personal details for the wedding. So we had a theme kind of throughout our entire wedding. It was called the ride of our lives and we made everything nodded to attractions. So we had a seating chart that was based on all the attractions that had a fast pass. We had a, um, letter on each person's plate that had a picture of us from the ride that was coordinated with their table and it was a handwritten note of thanking them for being there and taking the time out of their schedule to come celebrate with us and then we had a little story about us and our connection to the ride on each person's table so I put a lot of thought and time and detail into creating a personal narrative tying it into attractions and our history as a couple as sort of a theme throughout the wedding. And then another area that was really important to me was photos. So we had Kodak cameras dispersed all throughout the wedding. Uh, they were at the bar, they're at the DJ booth, they're on some of the tables. So we had friends going crazy with the Kodak cameras. Literally every single one of them got used up. I thought I bought way too many at 22 and apparently I did not buy enough. <laughs> they were gone by the end of the night. And somehow by a miracle, I got them all back. And we also had a photo booth Um, because I'm just, again, really big on capturing moments and pictures. And I I wasn't too crazy about the actual photo booth that we got, but that was an element that was important for me to have was another way to kind of capture moments. And that's also kind of rings true to the live painter too, because it's capturing a single moment. And that's a really nice memento to take home and to have in our home. We haven't hung it up yet, but we will soon. So that's kind of where I diverted my attention and budget. Those were the priority items for me. Got it. And then what aspects were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? We weren't too picky about floral, both with the ceremony and the reception. Um, Being at the croquet lawn, you already have the arbor there for you. So we did add a couple of hanging orbs from there and some Christmas lights around the trellis or the part that is vertical. And we lined the aisle with some candles and like little sprigs of greenery 
And for the reception, since the dance hall on its own is very beautiful and doesn't require a lot of upgrades, we did not spend a lot on centerpieces or floral arrangements or anything like that. And on top of that, I wasn't really big on having actual flowers. So everything we did was greenery. So my bouquet was very massive, but it was all greens. And I think it was like 125, which when I'm hearing what other people paid for their bouquets, mine felt very low on the budget end, but was still very voluminous and large, larger than I expected it to be. Um, And that was, I think, because we just ended up not using actual fresh floral. We went more with just greens. Interesting. Okay, great tip. So out of all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? So as I kind of mentioned earlier, we we were looking at the boardwalk because we go to the boardwalk so often. Um, It's an area that we hang out at a lot. And what we do almost every time we go to the boardwalk is play the games that are on the boardwalk that open up to guests later in the evening. So we skipped our cocktail hour and we went to go play the games. So we had our photo team video team and the coordinator from Disney that was with us from the event team. We all went and we played the lobster game where you have to hit the lobster into a bucket and we let our photo video and the coordinator all play too, but just to kind of like blow off some steam for a little bit and just take a breather. Actually, almost everybody made it in, which was really funny. So every, no one had played before except for Kyle and I, and almost all of them made it in on their first try. So it was crazy. And then we took the prizes that we won and we brought them back into the photo booth. But It was just such a core memory for us because it was something I had been looking forward to doing and something I knew I needed to do because it not only rang true to us, but was something so special to me and to us really like having that little moment and that time away for a second to just kind of hang out on our own um, away from everybody. That's awesome. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? For the most part, I think everything worked out really well. There were a couple couple things that we noticed that happened, probably most people wouldn't have noticed, but our tables were all supposed to be four top tables because we were utilizing the existing setup of the dance hall. We didn't really, um, a lot of people transformed the floor, the dance floor with rounds. And we decided to not do that because we didn't want to take up too much space on the actual dance floor. So it's it's still on the first floor, but it's a, a level up. It was supposed to be all four tops, and somehow they ended up with a lot of two tops that they had to push together, and I think the seating chart got out of sorts. I was told about it in passing, and it didn't take away from my day or anything like that, but when I looked up at one point, I saw like a group of friends that weren't sitting where they were supposed to, so I know that it got all jumbled up for some reason. Um, I don't really know how it was resolved. We had Catherine, the day of coordinator, handle it and I just kind of was like it'll be what it'll be everybody's got a seat still everybody's got a table you know a a place card that we created or a a note that we created and it's fine everything's fine but that did get kind of jumbled up and I still don't know exactly what happened I'm actually supposed to have a call with Disney about it but and then the only other like issue that two other issues that were worth noting is that my food was personally cold as well as my husband's and my family's food. It was just very lukewarm, like borderline cold. And I think it's because when we had the buffet, it was sitting at the top. So we just didn't get the hottest part of it. I didn't really hear any other complaints from any other guests that their food was cold. So I think it was just us being the first ones. Uh, it all tasted very good, but it just wasn't the temperature we had hoped for. Hmm. And then um, our photo booth, while it worked and it got the job done, 
it wasn't what I expected from a user experience. You know, you were able to like delete the photos and you had an assistant there that was using a mouse pad to click around and it just wasn't like what I expected it to be. And again, I'm glad I had it because I'm so about capturing the moment and it's in the photos, but I wish I had gotten some kind of like tutorial or a YouTube video even about like how it works. So I could have seen it or seen some examples from other brides that had used it, but I couldn't find, I tried to do the research on my own and I couldn't find anything, but that's something I wish I had just gotten a little bit more info about prior to the wedding. Huh. Okay. And is there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be a big deal? Honestly, no. I think from being in the Facebook group and seeing what other brides had gone through, I was pretty well prepared. Again, we were on time for everything. We didn't miss a beat. We didn't have any major hiccups other than the tables, which was resolved before we got in there. And there was no, there was nothing like I, like people were even worried that it was going to rain that day because it was overcast. And I'm like, what rain? Like, what are you talking about? There's potentially rain. Like I was so not even when they came to the wedding day, I was so focused on me and Kyle just getting married that nothing else seemed to matter that day. Honestly, leading into it, I had been so prepared and planned for so long at that point that I feel like I had a really good handle on what was going on. And so I felt pretty confident going into the day that nothing major was going to happen. And nothing major really did happen. I was very lucky that everything did kind of work out. That's wonderful. Now you talked about maybe opening up the rehearsal dinner to all your guests. Was there anything else you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Honestly, no. I don't think I would have done anything differently. I loved the proximity and the convenience of the setup that we had done. I think everybody really enjoyed how close it was and that they didn't have to travel far, like from the ceremony to the reception. Another element that was really important to us was that we got to go to Jelly Rolls afterwards because that is a bar that we visit frequently as regular guests. And we were very fortunate that it opened about six weeks before our wedding date. So it was amazing to have that as another layer afterwards to hang out with everybody, to continue the party, to continue the celebrations. We ended up closing the entire bar down. So we were one of the last people to leave. But I wouldn't change a single thing about what we did. The weather was perfect for us. It was overcast. It was cool out. It wasn't hot. The date was a a memorable date for us because it was the date that we got engaged. It was honestly like a really, really perfect day and a perfect lead up to it because we had everything worked out like some by some miracle, everything in the grand scheme worked out perfectly. The setup felt right. It felt right to who we are. It felt right to us as a couple and to show our friends and family like what we love about Disney you know we weren't a couple that was going to do the Cinderella vibe or the the Rapunzel like the ones that you see so frequently like we never had interest in the carriage we never really had interest in characters coming but we wanted to just show who we were and we're so fortunate that we were able to do that through the venue of the boardwalk because that is a place that we hold so close to our hearts and a place that we go often so As much as I would love to have added a dessert party to everybody, I'm still very glad that I did it the way I did. And who knows, maybe there will be a vow renewal in the future and we can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? So I think the biggest piece of advice I'd have for anybody that's currently planning 
is to do as much research as you possibly can on the upfront because it will make your experience with the planning team a lot more seamless. I ended up having to do a lot of the work on my end to find out different menu ideas and suggestions for signature drinks. And the fact that there was a confetti cannon, which I found through my photographer who had shot a photo of the confetti cannon for another couple. And I was like, wait, can I do that? I can because I'm in an indoor location that can do that. So there was a lot of things I think that Disney doesn't really advertise to you as options. And I think it's just important for all brides and grooms to really, if you really want to make something special and do something unique, you really need to do the research and the legwork because unfortunately Disney doesn't really, while they help you plan and they help you set up your timelines and help answer a lot of those questions that they're there for, some of the ideas that we had, we found on our own and they weren't given to us by Disney. So I do recommend just putting a little bit more effort into the research because we found a lot more info outside of Disney. That's great advice. Well, Alex, I think you've offered a lot of great advice for anyone who's interested in planning a wedding or a vow renewal at Disney. And I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>